Hello, Coffee Dawn. Welcome to an educational, informational, personal episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, here bringing you another fun, hot topic episode. And I actually have a very fun guest this week. She is a personal friend. She is an actress and TikToker with over a million followers. We became friends when she was on my teen versus adult series in BuzzFeed. And she has her own very popular series on food and autism on TikTok called ASD Eats, where she talks about all things from getting a diagnosis later on in life, how she manages life on the internet, as well as confronting constant conversation about her body image and marriage from, you know, complete strangers on the internet, which she's here to talk more about today. Welcome to the podcast, Avalon Warren. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to have you on. We're pals. I want to yeah. reverse back in time, back to how we actually <laughs> met. We met on the BuzzFeed as is series teen versus adult. Do you remember that day shooting? Man, uh, <laughs> not really. It's more like a feeling. I remember mm. the feeling. What was, was wonderful. the feeling? Oh, good. <laughs> uh, admiration, just like obsession. I was like, wow, she's so beautiful. She's so talented. Oh, please. <laughs> you are so great. And the BuzzFeed audience loved you. Um <laughs> And I think like jumping into my first question is we also had a guest write in actually about this, that they wanted to ask you, like, how has being shaped as a teen by the public, maybe not always catered to your best interest. And just for those listening, you, how old are you now? 23. So you're, yeah. you're like a full ass adult, grown ass woman. And oh, when yeah. you were on Buzzfeed, you were 18. Yes, so technically I was a full-ass adult then as well, which is funny because <laughs> most people didn't know. Like, they they just hired me because I looked younger, <laughs> but they I was an really, adult technically. They, they yeah. thought, you, you know, I think it's, like, not only your appearance, but, like, how bubbly and, like, bright you are. <laughs> and I think people equate that and they sort of infantilize you. What's, like, your thoughts on what that situation oh, is like on the internet? So that wasn't even just the internet because I guess I started doing internet things when I was about 16, 17. So whenever I talk about kind of my life, it's funny because it hasn't been that long so far. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been pretty, pretty short. And so things are, uh, I don't even know how to put it. Whenever I talk about like my past, I'm like, I feel like it was yesterday. And so mm -hmm. prior to that, you know, it was my same history growing up in school or mm. with friends or my family. Like it wasn't just the internet. Uh, mm. I've probably been infantilized like as long as I can remember. Mm. Um, and I think that definitely shaped me as a person in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say in a lot of positive ways, honestly, though. Because I, I always really appreciated it. I always had very strong role models in my life. And I always had a lot of people that really protected me and looked mm. out for me. And I don't feel like I ever took it for advantage. Like I never used it in a bad way. It was, and it never really hurt me. Um, mm. I think it did affect having, feeling like I actually had friends my age sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure. Uh, yeah. And I, I, feel I, I 
I remember us having a conversation like um, a couple months or maybe even a year. I don't know what the pandemic, everything has shifted time wise. But I I remember us talking about just what that does to like your mental health when it's been such a positive thing in your life. And then people want to make it a negative thing. Yeah, man, it's just so hard because it's like both. And that's one of the main things that I kind of believe in life is like things can always be both and. And usually that is kind of the higher truth if there is Mm. one. It's Mm -hmm. like it is good and it is bad. You know, Mm. it's it's literally both. It has its benefits and it has its, you know, negatives. And that's one of those things that you kind of learn to just embrace kind of the balance in that where it's like, I see how this very much hurt me. And I yeah. also see how this was a good thing. Right. Um, and so it was just kind of learning the balance and all thing too, which is something that you always taught me and where it's like, I can be both like really sweet and young, but also super feisty and sexy grown ass woman. Hell and yes, so you can. it's like the balance. And my husband has always been a really strong advocate for that as well, which was the interesting thing about the internet, the infantilization conversation. That was like a balance that we had to learn with how, mm. you know, we present ourselves because mm. our relationship is very dual as well. It's like we both have that young, fun vibrancy, which is one of the main things that got made fun of on the internet. But we're mm. also grown adults that have our own home, that have our own issues, <laughs> that have our own financial things, that raised like, you know, uh, have, you know, had attempted to have children, like it's many things. We're yeah. adults as well. And 100%. so, yeah. And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing. I think what people were shocked by when you were on Buzzfeed was your age, right? Like they fell in love yeah. with you thought when they think teen, they really think like teen, like, you know, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And then you moved and shifted into making your own content again, especially on TikTok, and blew up there. And you almost mm-hmm. had to sort of re come out as I'm a grown ass woman. And yeah. there's this double edged sword, right? Because people they sort of make these parasocial parasocial relationships and they make you out to be what they want you to be. And anything that is different than what they assume is like shocking news, right? Like it's so shocking. And I remember something we talked about was that people were shocked you were married, but you got married Mm -hmm. really young, which is not a unique thing. It's something a ton of people do, but because of your look or your, the, the sound of your voice, people wanted to somehow make it abnormal, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this is probably something that you deal with all the time where it's like, you can never win. It was like when I was on BuzzFeed, it's like, oh, she's a teen, but she talks like an adult and she seems like an adult and she's so like old fashioned and old school. So I'm really confused. I can't tell if she's 12 or 25. And then when I started being like, you know, when I was older, now they're like, oh, she acts so young. I'm like, I'm exactly the same. Like, I don't, I don't, I I realized too, like, I could never, ever win. And it was more just about, like, you know, F it all, just Mm -hmm. exist. Everybody's doing Mm -hmm. their best. It's kind of the scope of the internet where everybody says, like, oh, you know, if you can't handle it, get out of it. You know, like, this is just the way the internet is. And, I mean, I feel like I'm one of the rare people, too, that just don't agree with that at all. I'm like no, this is wrong. Like it should change because this isn't good for anybody. And I think part of me feels like too, it's a, there's a fear factor involved. That's like, well, if this controversy isn't happening and people aren't giving their opinions, 
then on the side of like the influencer or businesses, they're like, well, we're not going to be able to sell things anymore or we're not going to get that attention. And so Mm -hmm. they don't actually want it to change either. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm an idealist, but I I would prefer if things changed and it was actually a healthy space and fear was never a factor anymore. And we just kind of let people live and exist. Imagine, (laughs) imagine a world. (laughs) Amazing. I remember being so proud of you. Like when I saw all the things you were doing on TikTok after I hadn't like physically seen you in a few years being like, oh my God, Avalon is really out here just doing her (laughs) own thing, making her own formats, like building her own audience. You've really turned something from BuzzFeed into something really successful, which is like the goal, right? It's the hope that you can carry an audience and a community over and I feel really lucky. I don't know how, maybe it's from being on the internet for 12 years, but I feel really <laughs> lucky that I've curated and, and gained a really kind audience. You know, very oh. rarely do I get negative comments. Very rarely, even like on the podcast, do people hate on, you know, if there's a tech issue mm-hmm. or if we had a guest talking about kind of a controversial subject, people are so kind and I wonder if you have felt that, like, do you feel the kindness? Do you feel the overwhelming majority or is it that loud minority that kind of affects our mental health more than I think maybe people realize? Well, this is what I was trying to say before where it's like, you know, people give their opinions like right now. And I'm like, I know how I was saying it felt like it was yesterday, but what I was meaning to say is it feels like it's been a long time. Like it feels (laughs) like it's been a long time. Like people know they're like, Oh, she was from Buzzfeed and now she does this and this. I'm like, guys, I'm married. I had a miscarriage. I bought a home. I moved across the country. Like I've started like three separate businesses. Like there are so many things that have happened that you have no idea what's Mm. going on in my life Mm. at all. Like, you know nothing about me and my evolution at mm. all. It mm. feels like I feel like I said it wrong in the beginning where I meant the other side of things where it feels like it's been like generations of right. life and things. Because when I first started on BuzzFeed, I was like this conservative and I don't think if anybody really knew that because I just I, I didn't really know things. I didn't know anything. I was like from North Carolina, from the rural woods. Like I was <laughs> I, I grew up like with cows and chickens and I grew up in like the Bible Belt of, yeah. of the East Coast. Yeah. And like I didn't know anything. I just cared about people and I was just like, oh, well, like love, like everything. But I didn't know the importance of so many things. And I feel like a lot of people don't grasp onto that where it's like, you know, a learning process has to happen. You only know what you know. You only Mm. know what you were raised in. And Mm -hmm. so in the span of, even though for me, it felt like a long time in a span of this actual reality of a short time, I have changed in so many ways. And that's been the same evolution with my social media where it came in waves and it was part of like my womanhood journey, me becoming like a very, I wouldn't say radical, but radical feminist, borderline misandrist (laughs) that like really is like on the journey right now to become like, I I get why people are screaming. Like I get Mm. why they're fighting for something that matters. And Mm. that's like presently where I am at in my journey is like speaking Mm. up and overcoming that fear. And that's a process Mm. that I've had to learn, which has been the evolution of my communities. So Mm. BuzzFeed, when it first started, if any old BuzzFeed people are listening, 
I loved you all. It was the most incredible thing. I had a community of such amazing, like, you know, 90% women. And everything was so, you know, intelligent, well-spoken, fun. It actually felt like they knew me. And then, you know, over the period of COVID, when I actually was getting married, I was having a really strong identity crisis Mm -hmm. as a young lady where I was kind of embracing like my sexuality, who I am as a person. And I kind of got caught up in a very heavy male gaze and Mm -hmm. it destroyed me like Mm. realizing. And that was where I became a feminist because I realized Mm. for the first time in my life, like, oh my gosh, men are disgusting. (laughs) Not all men, but you know, (laughs) the The internet's men who are commenting on certain things. Yeah. And I learned that and it like lies to you. And so then I learned to have such a like sensitivity and love for, you know, women that I might not agree with sometimes where it's like, why are you doing this male gaze thing nowadays? I'm like, I see how manipulative it is. It is like, I see what it's like. I know how much it destroys you. And, and it's, it's so confusing. And so I went through about a year to two years of like, the male community and then I was like I am doing everything in my power to get back to the girls like I want the women I want like intelligence I want like things that matter like I don't want to be sexualized anymore I don't want this and so it was like learning to break out of that and then the fear of them basically being like oh my gosh she's gone crazy like Mm. you know she oh she's not pretty anymore like Mm. she was pretty until she started talking because that's even a conversation around my voice is like when I first started, everybody either loved or hated my voice. And there was a lot of love. And I started talking. I never knew there was really anything wrong with my voice. And then when the male community came in, they were all like, oh, yeah, just stop talking. And so that's why on TikTok, when I started the TikTok career, everybody was like, wow, like her voice is so different than it was. I'm like, no, no, it's not. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm like, no dip because I ate, wasn't even talking the whole yeah. beginning of it all. I like my voice has been the same as it always is. And even for me, like, you know, everybody's voice changes too. And like, that was what was hilarious with like the infantilization conversation is they were saying like, I was doing it for male gaze. I'm like, if the I were opposite. doing a voice for the male gaze, as you know, it would be very deep. Like, it would be sultry and, like, sexy. Yes. And I'm like, when I did male gaze, I would shut up because they just want <laughs> stupid women that don't say anything. And I'm like, That's are so you guys funny. crazy? You're like, like no, oh my God. a voice for men is no voice. It's not talking. It's no voice. <laughs> and I'm like, this is me. This is my voice that I'm getting yeah. back to, like, how I always was as a child. Like, my nickname in school was Mousy. Like, I, it was... Like the whole thing, I've always had this voice. Yeah. And so, but that's an interesting thing that I I haven't really learned even to talk about, which is ironic when it comes to voices, because that's been one of the biggest narratives of my life. Had Mm. a vocal delay as a child, didn't talk until I was a two and a half, three. Mm. Um, My voice in school, like it was always a topic of discussion, you know, throughout time, learned to stop talking, finally started getting my voice back again. And it's it's metaphorical, too, where it's like getting my voice back about talking about things that matter. Mm. And yeah, sorry, that, that feels like a long rant. But that's are you so- kidding? <laughs> I'm I'm over here, like marking clips like left and right for like social media <laughs> posts, because I'm just so proud of you. Honestly, I know this is like one of your first podcasts, but you are so 
actualize and so confident Uh in the things that you're saying. And it's so important because this happens to so many women. And like, I'm catching you at like your Phoenix rising from the ashes moments (laughs) because I can't even imagine how hard that must have been. I know how hard it was on your mental health. Like your, your lovely, amazing fucking husband, Thomas, I've met, he's like Mm -hmm. so supportive and I yeah. wish we could just like clip out that like 10 minutes of you being like, no, this is the story and the truth and have everybody see it, pin it to our TikToks. And, <laughs> it, you know, I, I do fault the algorithm a little bit because people will watch things so out of order and like, yeah. I'll get comments still to this day where people are like, please adopt Hippo, your dog, your foster dog. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I did like months ago. And so- <laughs> I can only imagine when someone like rediscovers you, it's like a constant again, battle, but I'm so proud of you. And, and I think it's so on the money to be doing what you're doing where it's like, I'm done explaining myself. I'm done like trying to, to share my experience and, and sometimes trauma with how this has affected me. And it's like, either fucking get on the boat and come party yeah. on our yacht or like stay in your weird little paddle boat in the sludge exactly. of the sea. That was the weirdest That's, metaphor I've yeah. ever given. It made no I sense. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> I, I made a lot of things in my end. I, I watched um, uh, Triangle of Sadness yesterday. So I've got a lot of like yacht imagery on the mind, but that's oh. neither here nor there. <laughs> Um, I'm so glad we got that like bullshit out of the way because you gave me so much gorgeousness. You gave me fertilizer to such bullshit questions. So thank you. The flowers are blue. Um, I would love to kind of shift the conversation over to talk about autism spectrum disorder. And, uh, before we do, I would love to throw it to a break real quick. So we will be right back. Wow, what an amazing ad that was. Uh, thank you, BetterHelp. Um, okay, so let's talk about ASD. You've recently come out to talk about it and make content about it. What is ASD? And tell me about your journey on discovering uh, your um, connection to it. I would say the best way to put it is coming out. You know, mm-hmm. it was scary. It was the most terrifying thing in this world. Like, I remember talking to you about, like, what – how nervous I was to mm-hmm. talk about it and share that. And it's something that I hid for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, even in preparation for like this podcast, like sometimes it takes me a very long time to <laughs> mentally prepare for something. Same, <laughs> like a what? same. And I don't have ASD, so I'm very sensitive <laughs> to that and nothing to be ashamed of or apologize for. <laughs> it totally takes a while. Um, So that process for me was, I know the, best way to put it and this is what my therapist always says as well is it was kind of like the little mermaid when her voice was stolen and it was like she couldn't speak couldn't do anything and you know that's like that was the best way to put it and that was the number one reason why getting the diagnosis was so important is because that was where I was at I was I felt like I was physically dying like Mm -hmm. every day I was just like dying like even if you looked at me like probably through social media like you could see like I was dying I was very Mm. very sick Mm. and it's when you know something's not right and you don't have the skills to properly manage it that's what was important to me because all I ever wanted was to get help and Mm. I had been trying on this like journey for so long to get help and 
nothing was working. Mm. Nothing was working. Mm. And my husband, he actually in college worked. Um, he was a what was it? Um, chemistry, chemistry major, minor in school. Smart guy. He's a smart guy. Yeah, and so he actually studied with one of the most like world-renowned uh, autism clinics in the world. Wow. And so he actually knew a lot about autism, and I, I didn't. I didn't know anything. And he was like, Avalon, like, I think you're probably autistic. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. Because, you know, there is such a stigma behind yeah. things like that. And I was like, and that was even in my childhood. Like, apparently, I was diagnosed as a child, and it was very obvious and that was something that was never shared with me because there was such a stigma behind it and i had amazing parents very very incredible parents but they never wanted they had a heavy belief of like mind over matter Mm -hmm. and i think they never really wanted it walk it off never wanted it to uh, (laughs) affect me or make me feel like there was something wrong with me and Things like that are amazing, but I have a heavy, firm belief on, like, honesty and transparency will always reign. And it's just about, like, you know, acceptance and learning something, you know, is is what it is. Rationalizing things just helps things so much better. And as soon as I found out that's what happened and what was the case, it was, like, the most freeing thing ever because both me and my husband, we started learning all the tools that, like, actually helped me live that's I remember telling like my therapist that's all I wanted I'm like I just want to be able to exist like every day it's like I I can't I, I can't move I can't process I can't think like I do the weirdest things sometimes and I, I don't understand like somebody help me and I was just crying out for help for as long as I could remember and n- nobody could give me an answer everybody just tr- kept trying to medicate me or you know tell me like, you know, you know the process. Silly things that did not help. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when that finally solution came, it was, like, so amazing to have somebody that, like, sees and hears you and understands you. And for once in your life, you kind of feel normal. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, where we started out the conversation of people kind of treating me younger, that's the way it always was for me. But more so than that, it just felt like I just never belonged. It, it never, I could never understand why anybody did what they did, why, you know, the world was the way it was. All I knew is, like, I loved very deeply, and I mm. felt things very deeply, and I never saw anything wrong with, like, how I was being treated, mm. because I was just like, friends! The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect 
pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober Sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences friends and so I just like it's one of those things where you had a very hard time like processing you know emotions or things that were happening because that's kind of how I always was yeah um I don't know if I was uh, I'm not sure which direction to go here well, oh, specifically because there's so I, many facets I was so um happy to see you talking about it because I remember we had talked about like once that information is out there like how is it going to be received and and oh yeah I think there's also there was this also like strange uptick of content about like ADHD or autism spectrum disorder happening on TikTok where it almost felt like everybody like what TikTok has told me is I definitely have ADHD and ASD and I'm like I get that people are joking about it but I also think it's so fucking good that we are talking about it and destigmatizing it and making it more accessible to even get information about it because there has been such a big stigma for so long and I know there's like these words that we definitely like don't use anymore. Like, well, how could she have autism? She's so high functioning or like, like low, fun like the fact that we even gave those labels to people, I, you know, there's, it's so harmful, but I want to go back to something you talked about with um, being diagnosed as a child, but not really being told that information understandably. So because of the, the, um, the, the stigma. stigma again, it's the stigma. That's yeah. Happening, yeah. But what were some, um, I don't know if like signs was the word I was thinking of, like what were some signs of something that maybe in adulthood you were able to look back and go like, oh yeah, holy shit, had I just had help there, maybe it would have been easier for me to understand or, or get a diagnosis. Oh man, there was a whole list. Uh, of, one of the main things is developmental delays is like a huge sign. And so- a lot of things my parents always joked about and loved me for were some of the major signs where my mom would always say, like, she didn't even talk until she was two and a half. And that was just so amazing. And then I learned later in life, like, oh, geez, that's like a huge issue, like not mm -hmm. talking, especially that late. Um, or like, wow, she was just so quiet. She would just sit in her room all day and like line up toys, mm -hmm. you know, or um, 
I was I was very if you look at any baby photos, very expressionless, like never had any expressions, would um, stare in mirrors, mm. which is a uh, a big one that people don't mention. I didn't ever really respond to my name. Um, mm. I never really talked. I would only repeat certain words. Like my first word was I would just say words and sentences. And so it's kind of those developmental delays that are like one of the huge signs. Mm. Um, also heavy, heavy um, sensitivities to sounds, fabrics. Like I didn't wear jeans until I think I was high school age. Didn't go to high school, but high school age. I actually wore only these type of pants that were like jeggings. <laughs> yeah. And I wore my socks inside out. Um, a lot of things like that. Um are just kind of like huge signs and really not interacting in, or playing with other children as well. Mm. Um, mm. I would usually just kind of like sit and listen <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. When I was, my mom always told me to, when I was born, I came out and I wasn't screaming or crying. I literally was just like, I'm here. Just staring. <laughs> and huh, they thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> they thought there was something wrong with me. They thought I had like an iron issue or was mm. basically dying because I was so pale. And so they kept taking my blood and didn't even give me back to my mom. And she, my mom wow. was like, there's nothing wrong with her. Wow. And they were right. There was never anything wrong with me. Exactly. I'm like, it's, and that's why I love them. But definitely later in life, I feel like, I always described autism as like a very torturous existence a lot of times, mm. which can be a little bit, you know, I, I think it's important to have that opinion because a lot of people say it's like, you know, the other thing I hear all the time, it's like, oh, but what's your superpower? What's your superpower? I'm like, I hate it. I <laughs> wish I didn't have it. Like it's mm. brought me like self-harm would definitely be a conversation that mm. like is really important and incremental like to autism for me because self-harm like, I've been self-harming myself since I was 16 mm. because I didn't understand. And my therapist said the only thing that helped me rationalize it in my entire life, which was in, in autism and a lot of times in self-harm, it's literally self-harm is giving a voice to the pain that you're experiencing mm. or the emotions that you're experiencing. Because that's one of the big things is, you know, I physically, if I get overwhelmed in any way, I cannot speak like, they call that um, select, what is it? Well, I don't even remember what it's called. Mm. Select mutism kind of mm, like mm, this mm, will mm. happen where I just like as much as I want to, it's like my reoccurring nightmare as well as like trying to scream, but nothing comes mm. out. And that was one of the main reasons like I had to finally figure out what's happening was because like I could go days without talking. Um, and it was like so painful because in your head, it's like, you know, you feel so much, you feel so much and you just can't put a word to it and yeah. it won't even come out if you try. And so that's why like, you know, the Little Mermaid example where like she loses her voice is so, uh, so fun and uh, very meaningful. So fitting. Yeah. And thank yeah. you for sharing that because I know it's not something that people talk about a lot, like that, um, that side of things. And, and when. No, it, they don't. And that's why yeah. I get really, really upset because there should be no stigma. Like, it's not like an apple and a rotten apple. It's an apple and an orange. It's different. Mm. They're two different things. And 
that kind of means like in a lot of ways, another great example of autism is like an alien on this earth Mm -hmm. that like, it's just, you're trying to fit into something. Like you're trying to fit a square into a circle. It's Mm -hmm. like some things don't work. And that's why like accommodations and accessibility is so Mm -hmm. important. It's Mm -hmm. not like I even describing it as a disability, like it's something in our current world, Yes, it's a disability, mm-hmm. but it's not a disability. Put us mm. on the proper environment. We are not disabled. Mm. Like mm. we're, it's, and, and I just think like that's just so fascinating. And that's why like I've really enjoyed learning about a lot of these things because it really helped me accept myself because for so long I was just like, I'm like crazy. Like, why do I hear so many noises? Like, why do I repeat all these phrases? Like, why do I do what I do? Mm. And it was, it was torturous and, mm. and, and, and like, I never, I would always get so upset when you hear like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, no, it's not. Don't (laughs) say that. Don't say that. I really appreciate that metaphor. It makes sense. Yeah. But think about like even media as well. Like we're not even going to talk about like the male-female differentiation and Mm. how men are presented versus women. I think just the idea, like I appreciate the idea of like, oh, it's, they're so quirky and all the things. You're only seeing the good that's it you're Mm. only seeing like the good of it and the details that everybody sees on the outside versus like what they experience on the day-to-day like the 99 percent you're getting to see the one percent and i swear to you after that one percent interaction that you have with an autistic person like they are collapsed in like a corner like shaking or trying to Mm. calm themselves down because Mm. i know that's me every time i'm like i'll usually start just like walking after any social interaction because that's what people always said about me was like but you seem so like you're such an amazing socializer i'm like (laughs) i i guess that's just because like i i don't know (laughs) yeah well your body's on survival mode you're you're trying to get something done kind of like you said it's like the alien putting on the suit and then you have to take off the Mm -hmm. suit and like get your central nervous system back to you know regulated and get your energy back and and give yourself peace. And so yeah, I really appreciate you sharing the struggles. And I wanted to ask, like, when you did finally decide to make content about it and come out, as you say, what was the reception? And how have you felt since with like making content around it? Oh, man, honestly, like it reignited my entire life. Like for once, it, it was like for so long, I was living in fear. And I wanted to so badly. It's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be like, F- what anybody thinks about me, F what I think I'm supposed to be doing, F what I think is going to make me successful. I didn't think it would be successful. I didn't think anybody would listen. And just immediately it was like the community was actually mainly like all a lot of mothers of autistic children Mm. and people in the community as well that had friends that were autistic that were so excited to learn. Um, Or kind of in autism too, like there's a lot of comorbidity with other um, certain conditions and so it kind of can relay over some of the things that help with autism to things like OCD or eating disorders so it's been um it's been probably one of the most rewarding things and it is a cycle for me because like right now I've you know if if you don't know like have stopped a little bit that's because I kind of had a little breakdown and cut my hair off and then I got scared that everybody would hate me because I have a bald head 
And so, again, I'm just a human, you know. Yeah. I, I care so much. I care so much. Yeah. But I'm still 23. Like, I still sometimes get really, 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 really afraid. Yeah. Um, I still some days do nothing. And, yeah. you know, it's it's like a process of learning to be, like, gentle with yourself, yeah. loving with yourself. It'll Absolutely. be okay. And when you're ready, just like it has before, like, it will be the right time. And so yeah. – uh, that's been uh, where I've at, but it was, the fear was, if, if, if you need any encouragement on that sometimes, like the fear was invalid. Everything that I was afraid of didn't even happen. It mm. was, it was the most incredible thing. Got the community back that I had been like craving and wanting so badly mm. of people and friends. I've met mm. the most incredible people, uh, was welcomed, supported, understood for the first time in my life as well. Um, which was so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and your hair looks I, fucking yeah. awesome, badass. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know that some of you guys can't see because you're listening, but if you're on youtube.com slash Kelsey Dara, your hair looks fucking banging. Like, we, Thank I talked you. about it for like five minutes before we even started recording. <laughs> Not that you need my validation, but it's there. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank uh, you. Let's talk a little bit about um asd eats because i remember uh, in our previous conversation you had talked about how food plays such a big role and played such a big role in your asd tell me oh, about yeah. it because that is not at all what first comes to mind when i hear the word autism is like food conversations <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's definitely overlooked but it's definitely something that i would say especially from hearing from parents that most younger children with autism experience just like i did which was a main thing for me growing up uh asd eats was also was uh, actually inspired by one of my very favorite shows called good eats mm -hmm. um it was uh, starring alton brown it was like a science cooking show and that's what i grew up watching and i was absolutely obsessed and it was always my dream to kind of be the female version of alton brown one day you know food science yeah. I love food science, molecular gastronomy. And so decided to start this series kind of documenting what's helped me because I know which, you know, growing up as a child, like there would be problems and I would never find solutions. Someone mm. make, would make a 20 minute video that tells you nothing. You know, <laughs> it, you waste your time. I'm like, I'm a young girl. I'm here looking for help. I'm you know, trying to find some help from someone who says that they're dealing with the same thing mm. that I do and they're just trying to sell me stuff. Mm. And so there's still been so many things in my life that I actively searched out solutions for and found them, you know, like you know, weight growing up. My relationship with my weight and body is like incredible and it's done, you know, yeah. versus like this endless cycle of always trying to find a solution or even skin, you know, man, my skin is, you know, the idea that you have to go your whole life always wanting, like I figured it out myself. I just started figuring things out myself because I'm like, I'm tired of testing things. Like I'm tired of paying for all these things. Like I, I just don't like it. I don't like this endless cycle. Like I want to figure it out. Mm. And it was the same thing for food. I've had my whole life a weird relationship with food. I think I became a vegetarian in like kindergarten. I stopped drinking soda when around that age as well. And I hadn't touched it since. Wow. And it, I think that was kind of one of the big signifiers of autism as well as like I was very, very selective, very routined and very like opinionated. Mm. Um, and it was always like I always knew what I liked and what I wanted mm. and so when it came to food like just the way my body is and the way that my brain works a lot of times like 
I like routine and I've really always struggled with the structure of how food is presented. I just, I don't understand it. I never did. I'm like, I agree with eating a lot. Like I think bodies, especially growing bodies, like you need to eat a lot of food, but you need to be eating the right foods. Mm -hmm. And so it was always so frustrating because like, you know, I was, I was always like the process of every single day wondering what I'm supposed to eat. And then also like kind of like nothing ever seems appetizing drove me insane. Like I, I, I hated it. And so I kind of finally started figuring out solutions. Why do I struggle with this? Like, why do I like this and not this? Like, why do I want this? And just those little tiny tips um, yeah. ended up like changing my life. Finally made sure I was getting the fuel for my brain and my body. Um, because I think it is very important to eat and enjoy what you're eating. And Absolutely. so trying to make it fun, trying to make it accommodating, um, because like maybe, you know, we even in ASD, like maybe the process is a little bit different. For me, the thing that I learned worked best was smaller portions throughout the day, easy grab and go. And so kind of trying to find the balance between routine and variation. And people were always like going back to the contradiction and balance in the beginning. They're like, you say you he hate eating, but you know, you're always trying new foods or like you seem to like eating uh, a lot for someone who hates food. I'm like, guys, the concept <laughs> is like <laughs> things I point. eat as an autistic <laughs> woman who hates eating. Yes. I love food. In fact, you know, a lot of people ask what my special interest is. It's food. Yeah. Like I love food. Like I would spend like every day of my life and still do like watching Food Network, like learning every single thing there is about food. Like I am obsessed. Like I love trying new things, experiencing new things. That doesn't mean that I like eating. I sure. hate eating. And they sometimes people really struggle with like those minute you know, mm. little, it's, it's a possibility that there can be, <laughs> you know, both. It's like, I don't like eating, but I like food. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there is just, a difference. <laughs> yeah. There's a big difference. And so what and, are uh, some of the more popular tips that you've done on your ASD eats that like, for example, people have like really resonated with? I think one of the main things, and I think this is definitely one of the main things that I stand for is kind of removing the idea of what it means to be an adult, mm, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's just so much you're like, oh, I'm an adult. Like that means I can't do this anymore or I can't eat this anymore. And I always say like there's this um, toxic youthfulness sometimes <laughs> in adults where they're afraid to express like joy or all these things. And that's what something I learned in my autism, why a lot of people really usually resonated or liked me was because I acted differently than most people did. But in my head, I'm like acting completely normal. Like I don't understand that. I don't understand why other people are expressing like right. their unfiltered emotions or being completely direct and honest. Like I, I just didn't understand that. And so when it came to like food, I never felt, I've never felt that feeling that like, oh, this is for kids. I can't have that. I'm like, mm. if it's food, it's food. I don't like marketing. I hate capitalism. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't like this. If it's food, it's food. Like, I'm going to eat it. And, and so I think that's been a really interesting idea that nobody really talks about is like, you know, maybe some things you had in your childhood will actually be beneficial for you. Because I know as a young adult, I was using like padded spoons mm. and I never thought that was weird until someone told me it was weird. You mm. know, I, ne I never knew that was weird. It was just like what I preferred. I never yeah. thought like, oh, that's for babies. I can't use that. 
And it was the same thing with chewing things. Like I would always chew things like weird, awkward, and it's horrible. One time I get a baby bottle when I was like a teenager. I did not know that was weird. It never processed in my head until a little bit ago. I was like, oh my gosh, that's really weird. Because I don't even think I knew that babies sucked on... Yes, I didn't know babies sucked on boobs. Like my head just like stuff flies over me. And so I didn't realize that was basically like, maybe that was the beginning of like my pansexuality too. (laughs) Weird way. I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's totally a joke. But maybe I just like chewing on it. Shame here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I just like chewing on it because I would get in trouble for chewing pens and all these Mm -hmm. things. And then I saw Mm -hmm. babies and I was like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't, again, there's so many things I didn't realize that I did were weird until much later. And well, when someone told me they're weird. And like weird is such a such a subjective word. It's like it, if agree. it makes your life comfortable and makes you happier then like fuck mm-hmm. what anyone else thinks. And like exactly we try to put and, ourselves in boxes. And that's like, do I want to live my life like that? No, I hate boxes. I'm claustrophobic. I hate boxes. I know. We're not men. We don't compartalize. We got like we yeah. don't need boxes. No. Wait, did I get that right? That's compartmentalized. Like phrase, like, okay. Yeah. But it. basically that's I think that was one of the most like powerful ideas was that, you know, F the rules, F the boxes. You know, what works works. Experiment. Try new things. Like it's why I sometimes I feel like in humanity, like we go backwards, we reverse. Like maybe children are the most enlightened, you know? They're free, unfiltered, direct. And as we go into adulthood and when we learn things like, you know, ignorance is bliss, we we change and shift in in a lot of ways too. Like it's interesting with ASD because that's, you know, kind of what all humans do in a lot of ways is like the masking process. Yeah. It's just uh, the autistic brain. It's a whole different, you know, neurochemistry it's, it is very different but i'm just yeah. saying the general idea of what autistic people experience in the world this masking we're aware of it is what most neurotypical people are not present or cognizant of and it's just like an interesting concept that like you know i i think it all comes down to the education system in a lot of ways and <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day thank god you're <laughs> educating us i mean i i hate to wrap up because i would talk to you forever and ever but you are so well-spoken, Avalon, so smart, so confident. Again, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud to call you a friend. I love what you're doing. Confidently insecure, Kelsey. Yes, it's, you're confidently insecure, baby. You're a confidant. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us where can people learn more about you, watch more of your content, and what we can look out for. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about me, uh, go to TikTok. My name's Avalon Warren. Technically, my last name's Dorian, uh, but Avalon Warren. And uh, I don't think Google I that. that. Yeah, yeah. Didorian. Armenian wife things. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very proud of it. I'm I'm always very. Proud of it. <laughs> it's Armenian wife things. Um, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, just Avalon Warren on most social media sites. Uh, moving forward, got a potential big show coming up, which I'm I. I haven't told you, Kelsey. I don't know if I, I told you yet. I think I know what it's about, and I'm going to be fucking screaming if it I is. I know. I've been doing psycho- psychological assessments, like, literally for the past two months. Like, nonstop. Interviews, oh, like, all the stuff. Oh, my God. Background checks. It's been cr- It's been a lot. So, wait, can we and, expect an announcement kind of soon to look out for? Well, probably, because um, now it's what? November? 
Yeah. So I would say probably maybe by December, January. Yes. Guys, this will yeah. be like Avalon will become our biggest guest that we've ever had on this podcast when this information is released. <laughs> I and didn't know about you, that. yeah, you are. This is perfect. I know exactly what it is, and I'm so excited for you. Oh my gosh, my music is just playing and well well what a perfect yeah i'm like that was an accident but like kind of perfect (laughs) where we were in our conversation so you guys (laughs) definitely go check out avalon definitely on tiktok to learn more about asd and watch out for her future stardom which is coming very soon avalon thank you so much for being a guest on con pod i love you thank you the pleasure love you too bye guys we'll see you next week